welcome to another episode of Write With Influence, a copywriting podcast. So usually I share the techniques that I use when I'm actually writing copy for clients, but I do get questions from people who are also interested in becoming copywriters and have questions around that. One question that I got recently is one that I've had many times before, which is, do I need a portfolio to get work as a copywriter? And then the follow-up question to that is, how do I get one? How do I build a portfolio? What's the best thing to include in my portfolio? And so that's what I'm going to look at today. And I'm going to share my personal experience of, of building a portfolio early on. So first things first, if you are just starting out and you haven't built any referrals, you don't have word of mouth or recommendations, I would say yes, that you're probably going to need a portfolio or at the very least, it's not going to hurt. You know, you've got to think when anyone can just throw up a website and call themselves a copywriter, and believe me, there are many people out there that do just that, you're going to need to do more to show customers what it's like to work with you. You know, you can't just say, trust me, I'm a copywriter. Even if you're confident that you can do the job, you have to demonstrate your skills. I mean, writing is like any other profession. People need to trust you before they hire you. You can't just go around saying, go on, give a job without some kind of proof that you are qualified to do what you say you can do. And a portfolio is a way of showing that you have the skills for the job. The new chef is ready. Already in uniform. And you didn't taste any sample dishes. She was extremely confident during the interview. Okay, let's open the doors. Everything okay, chef? First order's going out the door as we speak. The owner was a little nervous. We hadn't seen any sample dishes. <laughs> I can do this job. He's just nervous about losing a star. I eat three times a day, and I usually have a small snack. So that that's, uh, that's, okay, one. That's like 28 meals every week that I cook, and I love every single one of them. So I, I think I can manage this. You said you had restaurant experience. Sometimes I go to restaurants. Love it. Love restaurants. Love food. This will be fine. Chef! Someone complained about this starter. Do they want more sugar on it? Sugar? That's supposed to be the smoked cod tartlet au gratin. Yeah. I didn't know what a tartlet au gratin was. What have you sent out? That's a jam butty. Give them some extra jam, a bit more butter. That'll do it. Are we still serving the seared breast of Barbary duck with purple majesty potato gnocchi sautéed fine beans plum and port jus for the main? Mmm. You don't know what any of that is, do you? Not a clue. So what are we serving? Tinned mince on toast with a fried egg and lashings of salad cream for the posh lot. Oh dear God. So I do think if you're starting out, a portfolio is a great thing to have to build trust. And there's a couple of ways that you can build one. The first is to just write. I mean, one of the wonderful things about being a writer is that you can just start writing and produce something that demonstrates your skills. You don't have to wait for a customer to come along to build up examples of your work. Um, I know one creative agency that just mocks up adverts of real products, but they aren't for clients of theirs. And it almost doesn't matter. It's an example of their creative approach of what they would do if they were hired by those businesses. Now you can do exactly the same as a copywriter. You could pick a product that exists or make one up and write a sales piece for it or write a series of emails that we'd use to promote a product. I mean, if you're really stuck for ideas, just Google different businesses. Or if you work in a specific niche, choose a business within that niche. 
it doesn't matter if you're promoting a dog walking service or time tracking software or a new watch, just pick something and then sit down and think, how would I write about this to sell it to potential customers? I mean, this is the beauty of being creative and being a writer is it's not like being a surgeon. You're not going to kill someone if your first few pieces are a little bit scrappy. You can experiment and you can have something to show for it that shows what your writing ability is like. Now, some people have asked me, what if I do want to write for a legitimate business, one that actually exists? Should I just offer my services for free to build up a portfolio? Now, what I'd say is writing copy for an actual business is definitely going to be better than just making something up, but I wouldn't do it for free. And I'll tell you why in a moment, but before I do, why is it better to write for an actual business? Well, a couple of things. I think one, it gives you a better experience of actually working with a client. And that's probably more valuable than the writing experience because you can see what it's like to, you know, set up calls with clients, do some research, interviews, look at the product, use the product. So it gives you the experience of what it's like to work with a client, but also when you complete the copy, let's say if it's website copy, you can then give links to other prospective clients to show living, breathing examples of your work out in the real world. If an actual business has decided to use your copy, well, that builds credibility. And you're going to gain confidence by working with an actual client. You know, creating a, a, a career as a copywriter, as one who is respected and can charge, you know, decent fees is probably, I would say, 70% client relationships and 30% writing skills. Maybe, maybe a little bit less, but there is more to be said for how you interact with people, how you work with people, because people buy from people that they like and people recommend people that they like. Obviously, that goes without saying that you should have the basic copywriting skills, but don't underestimate working on those client relationship skills. So the sooner you can start doing that, and if you can build up a portfolio while you're doing that, then you're, you're gonna be quids in. But even though this is really valuable experience and it's great content for your portfolio, personally, I would not do it for free. If you do it for free, if you're just giving it up, then you may not be valued by the business. You may not be respected as much or treated as well if you're just giving them something for nothing. But obviously, if you are just starting out, if you are an unknown copywriter, people may not be willing to pay for that. I totally get that. Although you might be surprised. There might be someone who is willing to take a chance on you and pay for your services out the gate. If you're struggling though to get someone to pay for you and you do want to build a portfolio, one thing that you can consider, and this is how I got started, is to do a skill swap. Now, that's how I built my portfolio. It was a brilliant way to get experience and also not just build up a body of work, but build up a network of referrals. And, and this was the thing that I loved about doing it, was it was a way for me to get things in return that as a brand new copywriter, otherwise I just wouldn't have been able to afford. Honestly, skill swaps for me were amazing. They worked really well and not just in the experience that I gained, but in the people that I met. Um, what I did, how I approached it was I looked for local businesses in my area because I wanted I wanted it to work with people that I could meet face to face. Obviously that might be a little bit more tricky with today's situation. And I was looking for businesses that had skills that I wanted and also businesses that I thought could benefit from some spruced up copy. Uh, so one couple that I worked with were photographers. I wrote their website copy for them. And in return, they came and did a photo shoot at my birthday party, which was awesome. 
And then they also did the all the photography for the album and the promotional shots for the band that I was in at the time. So I was able to get all our posters printed, um, everything using these really, really nice uh, photography shots that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford. And I also did a skill swap with a designer who ended up designing the album cover. Um, and I did a skill swap once with an illustrator who gave me some illustrations for my website. So this was great experience for me and I could now list my clients, real living, breathing businesses and service providers on my website. That gave me a massive confidence boost when talking to new prospective clients because I could talk about the process of writing copy. I knew what it was like to work with a client. I already knew the questions that I was gonna ask them about their product. I knew the writing process. I knew the revision process. And I was able to talk about it with a lot more authority and confidence which then passed over and I think gave confidence to other prospective clients. Now, something else that I wanna cover on the subject of building a portfolio is whether or not you should ever write a spec piece for a prospect. Sometimes you'll see copywriting jobs that are posted and they'll ask for a spec piece, uh, a piece of writing based on a brief. So they may ask for a two, 300, 500 word, maybe even more piece of copy based on, you know, maybe their product. And they will pitch this as a way to assess your suitability for them as a provider, because obviously people's products and services are unique. And whilst you might have written great copy for one client, how do they know you're going to be a good fit for them? This all makes sense. The problem that I have with writing spec pieces is when the company expects you to do it for free. Um, There's just so many things that I don't like about this and I've never ever done unpaid spec work. It never felt right to me. As I say, I can see businesses justifying this by saying, well, you know, writing is so specific. How do we know your style is going to work for us? We need to see if there's a fit. They may even liken it to a job interview, but if they're expecting you to work for free, I just say that this is bullshit. I'm sorry. And I, I see companies operating like this And what's worse, I see copywriters applying for these positions. If they wanna pay you for this, that's another matter. And I have done spec pieces that have been paid for, but if they just expect you to work for free on the chance, not even the promise of a paid position, I just think it's a bad idea. I'm open to being convinced otherwise. Maybe I'm missing something, but I just feel like if they are a legitimate company that is decent to work for, they'll pay you for your time because I don't know. I liken it to other professions. I wouldn't expect to go into the hairdresser and ask for a freebie, you know, just to see if their style suits what you want. Or, you know, I I wouldn't get a plumber to come around and fit the toilet for free on the off chance that I get him to do the rest of the bathroom. You know, these people are just going to laugh at you. So I just think unpaid spec work is just a horrible way to assess candidates. And I think it doesn't create a great dynamic. Let's say you get the position you've been made to feel that you're lucky to be considered or picked. But if you were picked, then you had the skills, you are valuable, but you're coming in, well, you're coming into this this dynamic of a relationship that says, you're lucky that we picked you. And I just don't think that that's gonna be a lot of fun to work for a company that operates like that. And I think writers and artists often feel that they're lucky to get work doing something that they love. And as a result, they may make allowances that they don't need to make. I just don't think that this helps you in the long run. I I think doing 
Any work for free just sets a bad precedent. You know, you are worth being paid, assuming that you're good, of course. Of course you're good. You're a right with influence listener. You're awesome. Finally, on this subject, what I would say is don't wait to build a perfect portfolio to seriously start looking for work. I get it if you're a little bit nervous to start pitching for a business if you've got nothing under your belt. And that's why I think just getting a couple of clients through the doors, doing a skill swap is a perfect way. But, you know, two to three pieces, maybe plenty to give a prospect the confidence to hire you. Honestly, I think when it comes to finding clients, um, what's more important than having this perfect, beautiful, huge portfolio of work is visibility and likability. And I think that's why offering copywriting services for other businesses to get started is a great way to build up contacts. If you do a good job, if you're pleasant to work with, you're gonna start making connections with people who are then gonna bring up your name in conversation if someone mentions that they're looking for a copywriter. So if you're starting out, yes, try and get a few pieces together for your portfolio. Ideally, ideally it should be for real world products and businesses, and a great way to do this is with a skill swap. By all means, complete a spec piece if you think the opportunity is worth it and you enjoy the practice. But for me, this would raise some red flags for the organization if they weren't willing to pay you for your time. That's just my opinion. As I say, I've never needed to write an unpaid spec piece of copy and I'm fortunate that I've been able to just work with some really, really lovely clients. That's all for this episode. Next time, I'm gonna talk about some common signs of sick poorly copy and what you can do to remedy this. Good luck with building your portfolio and remember that by demonstrating your style of work it makes it more likely that you'll attract customers who are the perfect fit for you and you are the perfect fit for them. Okay ladies settle down if this is your first time at the Skipton branch of the Women's Institute talk to Gladys and she'll fix you up with a name tag. Today we're going to have a special exercise session run by Miss... Oh, I'm terribly sorry, I didn't catch your name. Destiny. Miss Destiny. Excuse me, just need to get by you. And Miss Destiny is going to be teaching a dance class. Yep, once I've finished setting up all the poles, uh, I think we're ready to rock and roll. As you all know, exercise is very important, and until recently, Destiny was teaching at a local institution here called the, um... Slap and Tickle Steakhouse. Oh, well, I've not seen her dance before, but my husband, Dennis... Great guy. Huge tips. He can be very generous with his advice. Well, Dennis often likes to indulge in the Surf and Turf Saturday deals there, and saw one of Destiny's performances. He was blown away. Live dancing at a steakhouse, what a wonderful idea. Now ladies, did you all pick up your dance clothes that Destiny sent over? It chafes. I'm cold. They do look a little on the skimpy side, Destiny. I mean, Wendy does tend to feel the cold in her bones. She'll warm up. Stick these on, ladies. Six-inch heels. I want to see your calves pop out when we start this routine. My bunions hurt. My calf popped once on a hike to Inverness. First things first. This is called a twerk. <gasps> the trick is to be vigorous, but not so vigorous you shake and lose those hard-earned bills from your thong. 
that's it, Gladys has got it. I want everyone doing what Gladys is doing right now. She's better than that talk we had on bees and organic honey. Organic honey, that can be your stage name. Take the lead, swing it girl.